0: we are back welcome welcome back this is the detroiter i'm your host nick bradley presented to you today for the second time in history for the second time in history the first of many the building of something very special something that's going to go to the moon detroit sports nation Go give them a follow. Check them out on Instagram, on Facebook, on the internet, anywhere you can find them. Anywhere that lets you type words, Detroit Sports Nation. Go check them out. We're going to be working with them now. The Detroiter, Detroit Sports Nation but it's like a meeting of the minds. It's going to be beautiful. We're presented by them today. We will be presented by them for the near future, for the foreseeable future. I can't wait. I'm excited to work with them. I'm excited to produce some content for them. Take this thing up a little, a notch. um, And just keep on rolling with what we've been doing. It's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. I said this, a lot of you may know, you follow me on the TikTok, wherever you may know, I moved out to California I said I made an episode the day I moved here. When I'm out here, it's going to be a level up. It's not, oh, it's time to relax. I'm out of Detroit. It's time to lay back and hit the beach and fuck or no. It's time to take this thing to the moon. It's time to double, triple, quadruple, pentuple, sextuple down. How's that for you? Pentuple, sextuple. So that's what we're going to do. Kind of a loaded weekend. I haven't recorded since. Well, I think the last episode came out Friday, so I guess not so long. Um, but it feels like a good amount of stuff happened. Michigan State beats Maryland, which whatever. I guess it happened. Do, like, do I don't care. Do you? Do you care, Michigan State fans? Yep, senior night. Yeah, Izzo's 663rd. Okay, that's fine. Um, As far as this season goes, outside of getting to watch dudes kiss the Spartan head, outside of Tom Izzo passing Bobby Knight, are you fired up? Were you gassed out, thrown around fist pumps, high fives, drowning yourself in buffalo chicken dip after that game? I didn't even know the game happened. Granted, I was at a music festival. Granted, I was having the time of my life. But even if I hadn't been, if I would have been stuck in my apartment with no power or even better, If I would have been stuck in my apartment with no channels working outside of the game Michigan State, Maryland was on, outside of that channel, I still may have been like, you know what? No, I'm going to read. You know what? No, I'm going to go take a walk. You know what? No, I'm going to lay down. You know what? No, I'm going to stare at the corner of my apartment and just watch for two hours. I may have been at that point, to be honest. I mean, that's how apathetic I am to these guys. It's great. Woohoo. Senior night. Yeah. Send them off right. Yeah. Last home game at the Breslin. Yeah. Woo. Everybody's happy. Everybody wins. Kiss the Spartan head. That's great. It's great. I don't care. Sorry. I don't care. I mean, give me to the tournament. I've said it before. I think I said it after they lost to Michigan. I probably said it before they even played Michigan. And no, Michigan fans don't get all excited. And ooh, Michigan State stinks. It's the same thing for both programs, make no mistake. Give me to the tournament. I don't care. Let's obviously, I would prefer MSU makes a deep run. If they don't, okay, great. And fuck, it put me out of my misery. Just end it. And get me to the tournament, end it, and let's move on. Let's forget this ever happened. I mean, back to back seasons with MSU were we're coming into March and my energy levels are below zero. I'm sub zero with the energy. I don't even care. And you know what's even more of a shame? At least last year to close out the regular season and through the tournament, MSU made a little bit of a run. Like they weren't going to be in it. There's, there's, Fate was sealed. And then Aaron Henry gives the, I can't get tired, I won't get tired, I don't have time to get tired, and puts the entire state on his back and MSU pulls into the tourney, uses loses the UCLA, they make the Final Four. At least last year, Like we won that Illinois game, we're beating Michigan, we're winning these games we shouldn't have, and it's the 11th hour in which we need win after win after win against top 10 opponent. Aaron Henry's Superman out there getting it done. All of a sudden – this year, kind of the same, except this team, instead of being behind the eight ball, they were in a great spot. They had, oh, they, eh, they might be on the four line, five line. They were in a real nice spot. They looked like a good team. They looked like a team that could beat other good teams. And they tapered off, and nobody did anything about it. And all we heard was leadership. Tom Izzo's talking leadership. Where are the leaders? Where are the seniors? Malik called Gabe Brown, Ghost, fucking put Casper to shame, nowhere to be found. And here we are pulling into the end of the season on three flat tires and a broken bumper. And I'm supposed to be excited that we beat Maryland at home on senior night in a game that eh, didn't really matter. I just can't do it. I love my sports. I love Michigan State. I love Michigan State basketball. I am not going to fake my emotions, though. I know I'm the Detroiter. I know this whole thing is we're going to talk Michigan State. We're going to talk Michigan. We're going to talk Detroit. I understand what it is that I'm doing here. The reason I started this, the reason that I ever began doing this was because I can't help but talk about it. When Mel Tucker's kicking ass every single Saturday in the fall, there's a reason I'm insufferable about it. Because I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I wonder what Mel Tucker had with his coffee today. You think he went muffin? croissant or maybe like a bowl of fruit he went the healthy route i wake up i go to bed at night i'm i wonder what mel tucker did tonight like glass of wine now glass of scotch maybe a movie maybe like a 1950s noir film you think that's how mel tucker went to bed i can't stop thinking about the guy he's turning michigan state football into a powerhouse he's giving positive vibes to everybody the fan base has never been more lit up I don't think the program's ever been more lit up. The coaching staff recruits still in high school, transfers. Nobody has been higher on Michigan State than the collective world is at this very moment. So guess what? During the literal beginning of the rise of Mel Tucker and this new era of Michigan State football, sue me if for 12 weeks in the fall I can't stop talking about him. What do you want me to do? That's why I did the podcast. That's why I do the TikToks. because brother, I don't care if it's the postman. I don't care if it's the guy who brought me my garlic noodles last night. I don't care if it's a coworker. I don't care if it's tens of hundreds of people on the internet. I'm going to tell somebody how it is I feel about Mel Tucker, how it is I feel about the Detroit Lions, how it is I feel about the Detroit Red Wings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, how I feel about MSU basketball. And whether that's good or bad, I'm going to tell it like it is. And you know what else? If I don't really have any feelings, if I'm not waking up out of bed going, yeah. New podcast today. I get to talk MSU hoops. If that's the, not only I don't have that feeling, but I actually have the exact opposite of the feeling. I started today's episode and I'm thinking probably should, probably should mention Michigan state, right? Like I guess they they ended the regular season. Um, Played Maryland. They beat Maryland senior night. They kissed the Spartan head. They won, I guess. Like I, that's, more than they usually do. I guess I should talk about that. Like, I just didn't have the fire. It was today, Michigan State hoops, as it is right now, and going into Thursday against Ohio State in the tournament, feel the same way. And maybe even a little bit of March Madness. March Madness is its whole other entity, so I don't know if I'll feel that way. But even a little bit going into the Big Ten tourney this weekend, bro, I'm not, like, jazzed up to watch State play on Thursday. Are Like, are you? That's the other thing. I feel like I am the most rah, rah, positive vibes only. This is awesome. Hey, it's not great, but it's better than we hoped or whatever. Like MSU football, I was riding into the Ohio State game. Like, why not us? If you're not a believer, you can get the hell out of here. I was riding into the Michigan game. Same way, dude. Why wouldn't I believe in state? I've rid all season long. Why not believe in state? Detroit Lions. Granted, once they went like 0-11, and I go, okay, they're probably not good. Going into this year's season, I was like, hey, we got the O-line. Jared Goff's not the worst. Penne, Dan Campbell, the new energy, they might win a couple games. I am the positive vibes only guy. I mean, I was ready and excited to watch the Detroit Lions this year, one of the worst teams in the NFL, the second worst to be exact. And here I am with nothing for Michigan State hoops, nothing. There's nobody I'm excited to watch. There's no Aaron Henry, at least last year. Yeah, they weren't great. Yeah, we went into the tournament. It's probably not going to go well. We're not going to be celebrating a Final Four anytime soon. I'm excited to watch Aaron Henry, though. I'm excited to see what he does. I mean, he's put the entire team on his back the last few weeks. You got to imagine he'll do more of the same in the tournament. I was excited for that. I liked Aaron Henry. I was at least rooting for Aaron Henry. Where are we at right now? I don't know how much I'm, like, invested in this team. Who's there to be invested in? One of the seniors that hasn't been a part of the team for the last three or four weeks. One of the point guards who's actually afraid to shoot basketballs, even though he's a Division One point guard. One of the freshmen that was highly touted that just kind of whatever exists. I don't know how I'm supposed to get excited. I don't know if I'm supposed to come on here like, yes, it's a new life. It's a new season. And guess what else? I read all the quotes. I saw the player press conferences. I saw Gabe Brown going, I'm not going home early this year. I saw guys saying the whole, it's a new season. We're poised to make a deep run. We could beat good teams. I saw the propaganda. Great. If those guys saying that actually believe that, great. Do they? Eh. I'd be surprised. I don't. If we get matched up against a two, three, four, five, one seed, pff, forget it. Forget it. I'm gonna have zero faith. Ohio State Thursday. Yeah, we'll probably get bounced. I know they just lost to Michigan. We'll probably get bounced. Like this team just doesn't have it. at the end of the day, this team doesn't have it. So yes, March is coming around. Yes, it's the tournament. Yes, they beat Maryland Sunday or Saturday, whenever the who cares. This team doesn't have it, and neither do I. They can't suck me in. They've tried. I've tried to get in every single time. They give us one glimmer of hope. They play a half of a half of good basketball, and I'm like, oh, oh, are they back? Did they figure it out? They figured out the rotations. The point guards figured out that they're allowed to score. Are we? Is this going to be a good team? Will We make a little noise after all. And then a day goes by. An hour goes by. Nope, nah, never mind. I don't know what I was thinking, but they're terrible. I do know that. And that's where I'm at. Just nothing. Michigan beat Ohio State, same deal though. Good for them. You beat your rival, you won your last game of the season. Okay. Uh congrats. That's great, Michigan. I didn't watch that game. Um I mean, I didn't watch the State game. You think I'm going to watch the Michigan game? But that's great. I know. I think it was like a comeback. I think that Ohio State Michigan game was actually pretty good. But same deal. Like, are there Michigan fans out there? Is there any Michigan fan out there? You guys lose games every other night. Michigan has given you no reason to be like, we'll make a run. Yeah, they could beat a good team, maybe two. They're not making a run either. They're just not good enough. It's Hunter Dickinson and a bunch of guys that show up 20% of the time. That's not a formula for success when you play every single day. And if you lose once, you're out. And, oh, yeah, Juwan Howard. He's coming back, which I think may actually be a disadvantage if you're Michigan. They were rolling a little bit with Phil Martelli. They beat Michigan State handily, beat Ohio State handily. Jawan's coming back. You think the chemistry, you think the fact that he just might not be as good of a coach as Phil Martelli. You think, all right, well, when Jawan was coaching, they were garbage. Went three and two against some good fucking teams with Phil Martelli. I don't know if that's an advantage. I don't know if Juwan's coming back. It's like, yeah, celebrate Michigan. You got through that stretch without Juwan. Now it's roses. Is it? Or are those roses dead and decaying and smell like turd? I don't know if I'd be that excited. I saw Michigan reinstated Juwan. I don't know if I'd be that excited for Juwan to come back. Don't fix it if it's not broken. It's not broken right now. For Michigan standards, this thing's been working better than it has all year. Phil Martelli's out coaching guys like Tom Izzo, guys like the Ohio State coach. What's it not? It's not Archie Miller, why am I thinking Archie? Chris Holtman, you want Juwan to come back in and start throwing punches and laying out horrific offensive schemes. I wouldn't if I was a Michigan fan, but we're in the same boat. I find it very hard to believe. I was actually with one of my friends who went to Michigan this weekend, and we were kind of talking about college basketball in this season, and he said the same thing I did. Like, just haven't really – it's been tough to get into this year. Bro, I hear you. And especially we're spoiled in this way because MSU is going to make the tournament. I think Michigan will make the tournament. But we're spoiled in this way when our programs aren't having very, very good years because think about it. For a lot of college basketball programs, you go to the tournament, it's a good season. Our programs aren't having great years, and we're both sitting on my couch talking about, how, yeah, I know, I haven't really gotten that into college basketball this year either. It's hard to invest when they're not that good. It's hard, yeah. I haven't followed a ton either. They've been losing some games. It's kind of tough to stick up with, right? How spoiled are we? We're both going to make the tournament. Just because we're not in the top three in the Big Ten, all of a sudden we're like, ah, yeah, it's tough to do. It's tough to it's tough to follow. It's tough to get invested. But he was saying the same thing, and I think he probably feels the same way a lot of Michigan fans do, where, eh, let's get to the tournament and then end this thing, one way or another. If you keep winning, great. If you go all the way and you win the national championship and that's how this season ends, great. If you lose by 30 in the first game, great, because that means it's over. That's exactly how I feel about Michigan State. I think that's exactly how a lot of people feel about Michigan. I don't blame most people either. And I think I, – I, how could you not? If you look at Michigan outside of Hunter Dickinson, how many guys on that Michigan roster are you, like, emotionally attached to? Maybe Eli Brooks. Maybe Musa Diabate, who's been, for the most part, a disappointment, I think. Who? Juwan? I don't think so. Like – For me, even Tom Izzo a little bit, I still love Tom Izzo, legend, happy when he broke the record, but even Tom Izzo this year, there were so many games where I'm like, Tom, you are playing a bad lineup, you're a legendary head coach, you've been doing this for 20 something years, and you're playing a lineup that anybody with eyeballs who's seen the color orange or who has bounced uh, any kind of ball understands this lineup sucks. And Tom Izzo, you're letting it roll for 10 minutes in the second half. I've had my qualms with Izzo as well. Like, there really is no one at Michigan State right now where I'm like, oh, but it'd be nice for them to win. It'd be nice for Gabe to win. Guess what, dude? Gabe hasn't hit a shot in a month. It'd be nice for Bingham to win. Guess what, dude? Bingham's barely played in the last month. It'd be nice for Malik, even though he's not a senior, to win. Malik hasn't done anything for two or three weeks either. Oh, it'd be nice for Joey Hauser. Joey Hauser is the least self-aware basketball player I've seen in my life. There's nobody on the team where I'm like, damn, but it would be real. Like last year, team was frustrating as hell. Team kind of sucked to watch. Team wasn't good. But at least it was like Aaron Henry, I do want to see him win. I do care if Aaron Henry has success because this guy is putting the program on his back. He's putting the fan base on his back. He's the only guy out there, including the coaching staff, that every single night looks like he's living and dying with whether or not state wins. I want him to win. I am genuinely invested and concerned with him winning. Nobody on this team. I think it goes for Michigan. I think it goes for Michigan State. Get me to March. Let's either win. Let's either lose. I don't really care and end it. Put me out of my misery. Get me out of this season. I don't care anymore. Get me to a locked out baseball season where I don't need to turn on my television for four months and then let me start beefing up for football. That's where I'm at. Quick break. We're going to talk a little bit of Red Wings who Mother Mary, Holy Ghost, have been just getting shellacked. Three straight games. I think they lost by four to Florida. I think they lost by five to Tampa. And I believe they lost by seven. Seven, a touchdown, seven tonight to Arizona. They lost by seven to one of the worst teams in hockey, coming off two straight games where they got massacred. And oh yeah, by the way, they returned one of their best players to the lineup tonight. And they lost by seven games in which they're giving up nine goals, six goals, seven goals, seven goals they lost by tonight. I don't know how that's possible. That's like a Pee Wee hockey league team when the travel team plays the house team seven. And then we'll talk to Pistons looking actually pretty good. A little bit of positive vibes. Pistons looking pretty good since the all-star break. Cade cooking another great game last night and they won Marvin Bagley and Cade getting along. Jeremy Grant playing better. Killian playing a little bit better. Dare I say, I think they're five and two since The all-star break. Just more positive vibes surrounding the Pistons. I do feel like for me, not being a huge Pistons guy, I certainly the last like two weeks, three weeks have started paying more attention because it's you go on Twitter and it's like, oh, Pistons won today? Kate had 26 and 6 today. All right. Marvin Bagley did this. They're five and one, they were five and two since the all right. Like there's stuff to buy into with the Pistons. I just want more positive vibes. Nothing wrong with that. Just spent 20 minutes roasting our college basketball programs. Let's spend, we could, the least we could do is spend five or 10 pumping up the tires on our pro basketball team. So quick break. We'll be right back. Red Wings lose again. Nine to two. (laughs) Nine to two to the worst team in hockey, or one of the worst teams in hockey, to a team who's so pathetic. The franchise is such a joke. They're going to be playing in a 5,000 person arena. There are high school kids in Michigan, Triple A games that are played in bigger venues than the Arizona Coyotes will be playing their games next year. And they just beat the Red Wings in original six, a place that calls themselves hockey town, a rebuilding team that's up and coming with two potential rookie of the year candidates. The Arizona Coyotes just beat them by seven. The hobos of hockey just beat Detroit by seven pathetic, pathetic. How you let that happen. I don't have a clue. Cause you know, what's even more pathetic they lost six to two, I believe, the other night against Florida. They lost seven to one just before that to Tampa. So they got their asses beat twice in a very short period of time, two days off, back at home, and you're getting one of your best players back in the lineup for the first time this year in Rada. And he scores. If you would have told me coming into tonight against Arizona, Verona's going to come back and he's going to score a goal. I would have said that the Red Wings would win like, I don't know, 4-1, 5-2, something like that. I would have said there is no way that Verona comes back and scores and the Red Wings lose. When they're playing Arizona, not a chance. There's not a chance that that happens. There is not a chance. He scores, they win. That's how it goes. He scores, they lose 9-2. You almost gave up 10 goals to the Arizona Coyotes. That's pathetic. That's embarrassing. How do you even – I don't know how you give up ten goals, nine goals to the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Arizona Coyotes, I don't know how they have room in the budget for extra sticks. Like I'm not I'm, – I am surprised that if one of their players snaps their twig, they're able to just skate by the bench and get you on. Like I wouldn't be surprised if those sticks they hand them over the bench are they're $20 joints from Dunham's. I wouldn't be surprised. It's Arizona. They're the most poverty franchise in the NHL, and they just beat you 9-2 to on the night that you got one of your best players back in the lineup for the first time the entire season. I would have thought they'd have more energy. You just got your ass kicked twice before that too. How do you not have more energy tonight than you've had the entire season? Vrana finally back. This team's played well. The Red Wings have had a pretty good season, all things considered, as the roster exists. And you found out in training camp just before the season, massive kick in the nuts, huge kick in the nuts, steel toe to the nutsack, that you're going to lose Jakob Vrana for over half the year. And then the day you finally get him back, not that we're making a playoff push or not that we need every point we can get, no. But the day you get him back after you've played pretty well without him, your captain's been on a heater, you got two calder finalists, you get him back and you lay this dud. You lay this over bloated turkey egg. What is that? Nine to two. Nine to two against the Arizona Coyotes. I, I I'm having a hard time actually registering that. And I don't know what the problem is. Nadelkovich has been awful for the last, I don't know, month, month and a half. Terrible. Um, atrocious. Another guy that kind of was floating around the call there to start the air. No, he's been terrible lately, um, pathetic. The, the, the blue line's awful. We sent Danny Kaiser down, sent a, or waivers, and then IR, wherever he's not on the Red Wings, thank God. Thought maybe that'll solve some problems. We got one of the worst players in the league. Finally, off the squad. We stopped doing him a favor. We stopped hitting him with the, hey, thanks for playing here for a couple years. You can stick around and just sabotage the entire team this year. We finally quit that mentality. And who would have thought the defense actually got worse? Who would have thought Danny Kaiser was the glue holding the blue line together? It's Mo Sider and Bums on the blue line. It's still Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Raymond. And for the most part, Bums, as far as the forwards go. Um, and it's two Bums minding the net, and it's the biggest Bum of them all coaching them. I don't know what the exact problem is. Well, in short, they need more talent. In short, they need Simon Edmondson. They need some of these guys in Sweden, some of these guys in the AHL. They need the draft picks this year to hit. In short, it's talent. They need Steve Eiserman to swindle a couple more people. They need Steve Eiserman to go out in free agency and just pff, plop his dick on the table and make someone an offer that they can't refuse. There's a few things that they need to happen. Most of all, they need more talent. They need more talent at the blue line. Um, and I think it's time. For Jeff Blasho. I think it's time. And I don't know. I'm not gonna go out and say, oh, tonight Jeff Blasho lost them the game. You lose nine-two to anybody, the one guy who's not on the ice. I can't I can't really say it's his fault, right? The only guy that has any bearing on this team's success that doesn't actually get to play. It's tough to say it's his fault when you lose nine to two. Nine to two. That isn't, oh, your game plan was weak. You lose 4-2, it's like, oh, they exposed your game plan. You lose 9-2. Every single person who stepped on the ice tonight didn't give a flying saucer about the game. They didn't care. They didn't have anywhere near the energy or the emotion that the Arizona Coyotes did. A team that should be actively trying to lose out-hustled you, outhearted you, for 60 minutes, a team that should be trying to lose, that should be begging the Red Wings to kick their ass tonight, kicked our ass. That said, I don't think Blashill's faultless. You're the coach, bro. You guys just got ran by Tampa and then ran by Florida. You come out against Arizona and get ran worse than both of those two previous games. Yeah, the coach is to blame a little bit. I don't know how you let that happen. Again, he can't go out there and skate for them and shoot the puck for them and pass the puck for them. He certainly, as we've seen, can't go play defense for these fucking clowns. He could do something, though. You can do something. I'm not Napoleon of hockey. I'm not a statistician. I'm not a strategist when it comes to the NHL. I do know a couple things, though. Just in the world. In all walks of life, hockey or others, when you try the same thing over and over and over again, and it doesn't work, but then since you have such a bright mind, you think, let me try that again. What's that called? That's right. That's the definition of insanity. So Jeff Blasio, whatever it is you did against Tampa Bay, didn't work that night. It happens. Sometimes Tampa Bay is a great team. Sometimes you get, you come out flat. You just don't have it that night. You lose the game. That happens. Okay. Florida. Great team. Wagon of a team. Can have a good shot at the cup this year. Tried that same shit you did against Tampa. Mm, mm, mm. Didn't work. It didn't even come close to working again. Okay. Okay. Fine. You tried it twice. Surely off of two days rest with Verona back in the lineup after your game plan or strategy or whatever the hell you want to call what you were trying to do didn't work twice, it didn't work to the point where you're getting blown out. Not only are you losing, you're getting blown out of the place. Surely you wouldn't dare try it a third time. And he did. Sure enough, Jeff did. I mean, I've never seen a guy. I've never even heard of a guy who loves dumping the puck in as much as this guy does. And I get it. Sometimes you have to, you're going to take a check, get it in deep. You're going to go for a change, get it in deep. There's no other way to enter the zone, get it in deep. My problem with Jeff Blashill, and this has always been my biggest gripe tonight and the last two, the blue line's the issue. They're giving up so many goals, it's disgusting. They're giving up so many golden opportunities, it's disgusting. And, yes, maybe that's some of his strategy. Maybe that's some of the fact that we have Mark Stahl and Danny Kaiser and a bunch of guys with potatoes for brains playing defense. Sure, it's probably culmination of the things. My biggest issue with Jeff Blashill and always has been, is his addiction to just turning the puck over as a form of offense. Oh, we have the puck. We're crossing the blue line. Let's give it to the other team. Let's make sure they have the puck once we get into the zone. I just, I've never understood that. When you have guys like Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond, Phillip Zadina, Tyler Bertuzzi, Mo Sider, a handful of these guys who have the skill, who have the creativity, who I would imagine probably prefer to carry the puck through the zone or prefer to try and make a pass at the blue line and enter the zone who probably prefer a handful of other things than just saying, here you go, Arizona, take the puck. We got to cross center ice. You guys have it. We don't want it anymore. This is our best method of scoring goals is actively deciding to give the puck to the other team. I don't get it, Jeff. I don't get it, Jeff. I get it when you're killing a penalty, I get it when you're going to get clotheslined at the blue line. I get it when you have no men with you. I get it when you got to get it in deep and your legs are gassed. I get it in a lot of situations. I don't get it when your first line is fresh out there and Dylan Larkin's been on the biggest heater of his lifetime for the past month. And your coaching game plan is, hey, Dylan, once you get close to Arizona, once you get to the part of the ice that you are more dangerous than anybody else out here, make sure you throw the puck into the corner so Arizona can go get it and break back out our way i don't get it god it drives me insane it drives me insane bro because you guessed it i don't get it why you ever seen the russian five documentary their whole thing was we work so hard to get the puck why would we give it away yeah dude i think igor larianov said that yeah igor i agree why would you just give it away that seems foolish When you have a guy like Dylan Larkin who could enter a a snake pit and keep a hockey puck away from him, why would you have him say, oh, yeah, just chug it in deep, Dylan. Give the puck away. Why, dude? Why is Spanish-style soccer? Barcelona, the national team, they keep the puck forever. They wait for you to get lazy. They wait for you to get reckless, and then they strike. Barcelona, Spain, they don't get the ball and just go, you know what? Fucking boot it deep. Let's just give it to them and see what happens. That's not how they do it. Because it makes no logical sense unless you absolutely have to. And there are those rare occasions. Well, not rare, but there are occasions in hockey, fairly frequent actually, where you have to just get rid of it. Otherwise, you're going to get hit or you may turn it over and it could lead to bigger trouble. Yes, that happens. A lot of times it doesn't though and we do it anyway. I don't know if Blash Hills is going to get fired. I don't know if he was to get fired. If this game would be the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm ready for someone new, though. I'm tired of seeing his face, to be honest, which is unfair to Jeff because that's got nothing to do with hockey. I'm just tired of seeing his bald head and face with the glasses. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of listening to his voice in the press conferences. Um, I'm tired of him always talking with zero energy and emotion. Um, I'm tired about him always having plans and reasons for why it's not going well and why it'll get better and nothing ever fucking changes. Um, I'm tired of him... Playing guys like Phillips Zadino with scrubs, um, switching up lines and playing skill players with guys that are fit to be garbage men. Don't understand that. I'm tired of him giving guys like Danny the Kaiser Rice time for so long, tired of that. Um, I'm tired of him tonight against Arizona, trying to juice the boys up, yelling at them, trying to inspire some energy and nobody's paying attention to him. You know what that says to me? These guys are looking around when Jeff goes, takes a dump when they're all in the locker room and they're like, Man, this guy sucks, hey. Eh? That's what that tells me. I'm tired of them. Just, I'm done with them. I'm done. What Jeff Blashill, to no fault of his own, he just happened to take over the Red Wings in a bad period. He just happened ha, has happened to not have a ton of talent to coach. What does the Jeff Blashill era remind you of? What do you think of when you think of Jeff Blashill and the Red Wings? I think of being the worst team in hockey. I think of being embarrassingly bad. I think of the 2019 Red Wings, the worst hockey team ever assembled, ever assembled. I think of high draft picks. I think of losing games. I think of zero hope. I think of going into seasons being like, damn, that sucks that I just don't care already. And it's not even game one. I think of being angry. I think of stupid coaching decisions. Um, I think of an inability to try and do anything. To generate offense, to generate winning teams, despite the lack of talent, which again, at the end of the day, I do believe talent is king. But I I I don't remember any times where Jeff Blasio was making lemons or lemonade out of lemons. I don't remember that. He had a shitty roster. I don't remember him ever cooking something up where it's like, oh, that worked. Right? The power play, the positioning, the way these guys look to pass, the way they snap it around. That works. I don't I just have nothing positive to say about Jeff. Sure, he's a nice guy. I'm sure. Probably a great dude to have a beer with. Probably a great family man. Got a great wife, great kids. Probably really nice to his dog. Gives him the extra calcium strength kibble to keep his dog strong so he can play tug of war without ripping out his teeth. Probably a class act. Can't stand him as the head coach at the Detroit Red Wings, and I'm done with him. We gave it a try. He paid his dues down in Grand Rapids. He's been here what now? Six years, something like that. We're coming out of this era of being a joke, and I think it's time we just leave him with that era. I don't want the guy who is the flagship coach for us being a dumpster fire, being that same guy to then try and lead us to a new promising, exciting chapter of Red Wings hockey. And the fact that he's obsessed with dumping and chasing the puck, even though when our players don't have to, I'm done with it. Get this man out of here. I don't know what Steve's going to do. If I had to bet right now, I would say Steve's going to can his ass because Steve does not care about your feelings does not care about you or where you came from. Steve cares about that big shiny cup they give to you at the end of a hockey season. And that's all he should care about. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe this is messed up. That's all I want him to carry about. So see it, Blasio. Pack up your shit and go. We're tired of you in Hockey Town. Just can't stand him. Can't the few things in sports fire me up quite like the Jeff Blashill? let's turn the puck over offense. Just don't get it. Let's just turn the puck over, Jeff. Just dump it in. Let's just, here, Arizona, make a couple good passes, and you'll have her right back in our end. That's the best you got, dude. That's the best our guy has, is to give them the puck. (sighs) Just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Just doesn't make any sense. All right. Little stones and we'll get out of here. Um, Cade's that guy. I don't know if he's going to win rookie of the year. I've read a lot of stuff that Mobley and the Cavs, they're having such a good season. I mean, Mobley's having a great year, but the Cavs are having such a good season. They're winning a bunch of games and Mobley's just kind of too far gone as far as rookie of the year goes. I don't know. I know Cade's been balling. I know he started off slow the first, like, 5, 10, 15 games, but since then he's been cooking. I know every time I log on to Twitter, it feels like people are going, Kate, just watch the guys play. Just watch one game. Cade's the rookie of the year. Talent-wise, Cade's the rookie of the year. The way he plays, Cade's the rookie of the year. Boner. Sorry. Boner. Sorry. Um, Yes, Cade. Yes, Cade. And Marvin Bagley's been good five and two since the all-star break. Not that it matters. Won't be in a playoff game. But like Cade said, Hey, we didn't struggle so much in that first half. Cause they, I mean, Pistons like redefined struggling how bad that first half was. They were the what worst or second worst team in the all of basketball. They're even like the fifth or sixth worst team in all of basketball going into the all-star break. They might be looking at a playoff game, play in game. That's what Cade said. He's like, dude we would have just won a couple more, we'd be looking at a plan or we'd be fighting for a play-in game. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And I don't know what it is that's clicked with this team. Sadiq Bey has turned it on much more. He also struggled the first, like, third of the season. Like we said, Cade struggled. They obviously got Bagley at the All-Star break. I don't know if Marvin Bagley's the saving grace for Detroit basketball. I don't think he's necessarily the thing that's changed the entire way this basketball team runs and plays. Something's happened though. And whether that's Cade figuring it out more and more every single day, which I do believe he is. Whether that's Dwayne Casey learning to manage Cade and Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bey and these three guys who need the ball and want the ball and can shoot the ball and can score the ball. Whether that's Jeremy Grant taken a little bit more of a backseat. I've read since the all-star break, he's kind of changed the way he's been playing. He's dribbling it less. He's catching and shooting it more. He's playing more like an off-ball guy where, hey, if Cade does something and I'm open, I'll score. But I'm not going to waste all my time. I'm not going to waste every shot clock. I'm not going to dribble the ball into the ground trying to get my bucket when I got a guy who's probably better at doing that than I am. It's like Jeremy Grant almost – whether his ego subsided or Dwayne Casey or someone talked to him, whatever the case may be. It's like Jeremy Grant all of a sudden is kind of gone. I can still score, and I just don't have to do as much work. I can just stand in the corner, and this young kid, Cade, he's going to just dribble for a little bit, and then he'll hit me right in the chest. I'm going to catch it and shoot it. Or this kid, Cade's going to go to the rim. He's going to draw my defender. I'm going to catch it, pump fake, and I'm clear lane. It's almost like Jeremy Grant. It kind of clicked like, oh, wow, I don't actually need to do everything. And as a matter of fact, it might be better if I didn't do everything, not only for the team, but for myself, it might be better if I didn't try and do everything. He's been better. Stu's been good, although he got hurt last night. It's just fun. It's good. It's nice. It warms me up inside. It's like someone sprinkled cinnamon down the back of my throat, but instead of tickling and making me cough and sneeze, it just like soothes my throat into a numbness, a melancholy numbness. It's nice to just see good things going on with the Pistons and not good things like they won a game, not good things like, hey, they got Blake Griffin. Good things where it's like, dude, this might be – the start of like permanent change. Everything the Pistons have done since 2009 has just been putting a band-aid over a bullet hole newsflash that will not cure or, or help heal the wound. That is a bullet hole. Band-aids aren't made for that. Band-aids are for a paper cut, not a cannonball going through your chest. Pistons have been walking around with a cannonball sized hole in their stomachs for ages. Now Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant and the assets he inevitably turns into the first round pick we have this year. It finally feels like what the Pistons have and the good things that happen and are happening to the Pistons aren't just temporary fixes. They're not one time like, Oh, that's cool. Good things. They're permanent solutions. They are this program, this team, this franchise, this city is changing. Everything affiliated with the Detroit Pistons is changing. That's what it feels like. It genuinely does. And it's a beautiful thing. And I can't wait to watch him keep doing it. And I can't wait to cheer him on. And I can't wait till Cade has more help. And I can't wait till Cade keeps getting better. And I can't wait till Cade starts drawing free agents. It's just good to read and hear and see good things with the Detroit Pistons. Because to be honest with you, it hasn't happened my entire life. It's refreshing. All right folks, that's all I got today. Appreciate everyone listening, sharing, following, commenting, subscribing, all that good stuff. Um I'll be back here on this feed on Friday. We'll be at the second string pod tomorrow and until then, stay safe, have fun whatever. I don't know. Do your thing, enjoy life. All that good stuff. Talk to you guys Friday. <laughs>